We all have big dreams, but far too often, we never give them a chance to come true. Well, that all changes today. Welcome to Just Keep Learning, where we'll help you develop the right mindset, be more productive, and learn more effectively so you can accomplish anything. Here's your host, Justin at Just Tries. All right, our guest today is one of those people who is just so incredibly talented that it's really neat to see how humble they are. A doctor turned spoken word poet and business leader, she has so many incredible stories to share about the journey of finding our identity and crafting a life around it. She shares some incredible wisdom about achieving our goals and her framework for showing up as our highest self, which she calls being a more genuine, original, loving dreamer, aka being G-O-L-D gold. Please welcome to interview 51, Doc Peace. So first off, just thank you so much for doing this today. I love everything that you do in terms of the content you create, the businesses you're building, and just really, from what I know, all the values that you stand for. And I know we've been able to meet once in person at VCon, but otherwise we haven't had too much time to chat back and forth. So I'm really, really excited for this episode here. And one of the first questions that I allow and love hearing from people is a self-introduction because I feel like so many other people can create sort of a reputation for us in the online business space. And so along those lines, if you were to be a guest speaker, let's say I was working with some youth to help them get into NFTs or entrepreneurship, how would you introduce yourself and what would you tell them that you do? Yes, greetings, greetings. So good to connect with you and everyone here who's listening. For those of you I haven't connected with yet, my name is Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Doc Peace. I'm a doctor by trade, hence the doc, and my name is Peace. So the best way to describe what I do is I pivoted from the space of the corporate world that many of us are possibly still in, and I pivoted to more of the creative expression space. So now I actually have become the founder of Golden Meta. This is an empowerment hub that I built out that is all about empowerment and education. Education in the form of our coaching services. We created a coaching service called Pivot to NFTs, which is all about supporting those who are new to the space, the Web3 space specifically, in pivoting their services whether it's a full pivot or whether they're just leveraging these these tools to to support their their the growth of their company whether they're a small business owner or they're looking to explore the world of of entrepreneurship and we work together to create an offer and launch that offer in the web3 space after building community around that particular offer so that's a, an example of our the educational value that we add to the space through these kind of coaching services. It's all about mindset, but also about business strategies. And then the empowerment side is spoken word. So many of many people recognize me as, people, as someone who ignites events with spoken word. So as a spoken word artist, I work with brands and projects and events to create custom spoken word assets that help embody their vision, their mission, essentially embody the ethos of that of their company and build community and increase profits. So it's, it's a very powerful marketing asset that we provide. 
That's awesome. You said three E's, at least in that response, and it was education, entrepreneurship, and empowerment. And I feel like if we kind of pick three huge bubbles to talk about throughout this episode, those would definitely be some of them, or at least it would kind of cover a lot of the things that you stand for and that you create. I would love to kind of do the chronological sort of piece to start at least. And when it comes to your journey, it's interesting that you mentioned that most people know you for your poetry and the online persona, because certainly I did. Like I I see your handle, obviously, Doc Peace. I see your branding in terms of the gold and all of that. But as far as I knew, you could have well just been someone who put Doc as in like some hip hop artists do and stuff like that, right? So the fact that you are a doctor is what's really interesting. So Maybe if we could go back to that part of your journey before we tackle the current one and just tell us a little bit more about how you got into being an actual doctor. Yeah, so I went the long route, as many people probably do in terms of aligning with their purpose. I I'll, let's let me take it back a few years, I, twenty plus years. <laughs> Bear with me. There's a reason for this. <laughs> so when I was twelve years old, I wrote this book called The Midnight Show, and it had poetic poetic lines, it rhymed, it had Van Gogh inspired art, and it won some award back back in my my grade. And I remember reading it out loud uh, to the entire school because of winning this award. And I remember chatting with my mom about it and just sharing how excited I was to 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 write this book and and be just be appreciated for for this the skill set that I I just learned I I had this gift. Of, of being able to flow in that way. And I remember being told, oh, that's great and all, but you can't make money in art, oh. And that's when I realized, okay, I can't do that path. And I guess I must do another path. And so that's how I went down the down that pathway of becoming a doctor of pharmacy, getting my doctorate, working as a pharmacist for half a decade after nine years of schooling, then pivoting. So that's that's the st- long story short. Um, but growing up in a Nigerian household, there are there if any listeners are out there who are Nigerian, you know that there are three main acceptable acceptable trades in the Nigerian family, and that's to become an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer. So that's what I did. In terms of the educational piece, like to get there, obviously you were strong in school. Like, did you enjoy school? Were you a good student or was it a matter of doing what you had to do to get by? Oh, definitely a great student. I had straight A's, nothing, nothing less than a 4.0 at any point in in my educational uh, background. And even in college, I I graduated with, uh, with honors and cum laude with honors from the the University of California, San Diego, then went and continued and got my doctorate at the same school. I went to UCSD for over for nine years, um, got my residency in ambulatory care. So did all the things and I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I was good at it. And I always wanted to help people. And I felt that this was the way that I could help people. I could help people help themselves. That was something I would always say, like, I'm giving you the tools, the medication education. That was always the the, the funnest part for me. The, the part that I felt the most, the, that I was giving the most value was when I was delivering medication education, because I was giving my patients the tools that they needed to then help themselves. So perhaps one of the underlying things that could almost be a title of this episode, too, is the idea of like teaching, you know, because, again, I think that goes into all of those areas and even that medication education piece that you're referring to throughout that journey of 
becoming and then being a doctor, what kind of tension did you feel about wanting to be an artist as well? Or at that time, were you so focused that the pivoting towards the art space didn't really come up until later? And I suppose part of that is like, were you continuing to create art and to write during those years as well? Yeah, great question. So very much so focused on what I was doing at the time. It required a lot of attention. It required a lot of hours, often mandatory overtime. I didn't work in the typical pharmacy setting that many people are familiar with. I work more behind the scenes in the corporate setting. So I was managing multi-billion dollar packages and um, and really managing like high level things in terms of uh, making sure that certain medications were, were covered under certain prescription benefits and things like that. So working in what many people know as like PBMs, pharmacy benefits management. And so there wasn't a lot of time really to spend in like the creative realm. And I remember there being this moment where I was working full time in that setting and I was at this family wedding and I was dressed in this beautiful gold sequin dress. This was very expensive. Um, I, I, I looked the role of a successful pharmacist, to say the least. I had the nice car, uh, fully loaded. I had the, the you know, the, the get up, hair done, everything did. I looked successful and I was going to this family wedding. So I knew I had to, to show up. You know how it is, right? You always got to show up for your family. Was the car gold? I wish that's been a, that's been part of my secret plan. Now it's not secret anymore, but I, I would one day be rolling around in a gold in a gold wrapped car. But I, it wasn't gold back then, um, but it will be in the future. So I was sitting at this wedding and I was wearing this gold sequin dress. And this was before my branding was gold, by the way. And I, I just love that color. So I was wearing this gold dress and I, I remember like being there and really feeling like I, I I, I was I was just kind of acting the part that I wasn't fully present. And I remember like not being able to fully like completely interact because I felt that I would say the wrong words that I, I forgot the lines of my own story that I was living and telling people uh, about how happy and successful I really was. And then I this voice just came to me and it said, you need not just to wear gold, you need to be gold. And that's when I was like, oh my God. And it, it, it was like, I realized that I, I, I wasn't a genuine, original, loving dreamer. I was, I needed to be more of the genuine, original, loving dreamer that I knew I, I was even when I was 12, that I was, you know, sharing my, my creativity back then. And I was, I was expressing my, my authentic self back then. And I needed to remember my, remember that, that young girl and, and bring her out more. And so that's when I started writing and performing poetry again. So I'm reading a few books right now on the go. I'm better at like organizing my reading because I used to just have a whole bunch on the go, like ADD style bouncing all over the place. And now uh, the reason why I only have a few is because they're just in different spaces. So I'm listening to an audible book in the car, which is Burn the Boats by Matt Higgins. I'm reading The Creative Act by Rick Rubin, which is on my bedside. And then my kind of like formal book that I got going on right now is A Unicorn Space. And Eve Rodsky talks about unicorn space being the one thing that we need to do that when we're not doing it, it doesn't really fuel us. And it doesn't need to be a lot, but we need to be doing it ideally, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes every day. And so for you, did you feel like you were lacking that when you were going through the formal career? Oh, yes, most definitely. I was lacking something. 
And I was, I'm always been an athlete. So like, I've always kind of filled that gap with like working out or doing some sort of, some sort of athletic thing. But there's something different about exercising that, that creative mind. It's, it's different. And so I had that outlet of having that like energy, like shift and release and then boost and all that that comes with working out. But there was still step, definitely something missing. And I think that's when I discovered that I was a poet, I rediscovered that ability to flow. That's when I was like, okay, this is what's missing. And I remember when I first started writing poetry, it was very like dark, like negative, like, and I was releasing a lot of like that, that I had like kind of stored within me. And I thought that that's what spoken word was all about. And uh, a lot of people kind of align spoken word with like angst, but there's various ways in which you can speak your truth. And I remember when, when I discovered this open mic setting in my hometown of San Diego, it was a monthly open mic. And I set my intentions that I would write and perform a new flow every month for as long as inspiration flowed. So for the entire year, I wrote and performed a new spoken word flow. And as the year progressed, I went from being like just so dark and yes, they were deep and many could relate. And that was definitely where I currently was. I, I, I released a lot of that. So by the end of the year, there was definitely like a more of a positivity, light and love theme to my spoken word flows. And that's still where I'm currently at. Yes, there's a story of like discovery and there's some darkness in that, but there's always some way that you, there's always a message that you can then tie it to, to, to move forward. And I think that's what a lot of those who hear me flow, they can relate to that, that story and, and hear that, that message that resonates. I've written a lot for just a personal use for now. I'll share maybe in the future if, you know, universe willing, I'm still around to do so. But a lot of times it was to heal my own self. And that's why I wrote. And so I can relate. It's in a book. It's tucked away. But it was on topics of like working with, you know, young teenagers who were subject to abuse and human trafficking. It's, you know, working with youth who are going to spend pretty much 25 years in prison uh, and the death of my brothers and, you know, so many things that are like, it's, it was like to help heal in those areas. That is why I created it. I also, the poets that I've listened to similarly are using it as a microphone and a platform to bring up really difficult topics like uh, reconciliation with indigenous is a huge one here, uh, these kinds of topics. And so that's where I kind of grew up on that as well. And so I definitely can appreciate that. Uh, something I would love to ask about is you mentioned at the wedding when you were all done up and you kind of had this epiphany for lack of a better word and a voice spoke to you. What do you think that voice was? Like when you use the term voice, I'm sure people would wonder what you think that is. I would relate that voice to my higher power, the higher version of myself that knows. And oftentimes I'll hear that voice and I know that it's me. It's like the future version of me or it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, un, to, to explain, but I feel that anyone who sits with themselves, whether it's in like a meditation, they know that there's that voice they hear when they're clear-headed, level-headed, and they know that it's, it's, it's a guiding voice that they can trust. 
And so that was that voice that spoke to me, like loud and clear, like as if it were coming from above, but it was definitely from within. When you made that pivot, the other book that I'm reading, and that's why I brought those three up, because they're just so aligned with what we're talking about right now, was the idea of burning the boats. So should you pivot? Should you half pivot? Do you side hustle? Like, what does that look like? And so you shared a bit that you were starting to create monthly flows, and you committed to that. I'm assuming that you kept your job at the time. And so for people listening who are like, oh, that's me, you know, I feel a little bit stuck right now, but I don't know how the heck to go start painting or start with poetry or whatever it is. What is some advice that you would give to those people? So when I first discovered or rediscovered my creative side, it was definitely something more of like an overlap of with my current job. There is no sudden like, okay, I'm quitting. I'm done with this. Let's like, I'm going all in. And I know some people do. Some people do pivot. I've had clients who I've worked with who have just been just completely burnt out and just done. And they went all in. They went all in into the Web3 space or they went all in into creating their business and, and investing their time and money. But they also had a large budget in place in terms of savings, right? They had a they had a savings in place and then they put themselves on a budget. Let me when we put, let me put it like that. And so it allowed it gave them time to 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 invest, fully invest their time and energy into into building their business. For me at the time, I definitely kept my job. It was more of like an experiment in terms of let me see where this hobby will lead and then eventually I started getting I went from there was like a three-step journey into this growth from where where I started and where I ended up now. And it, it was started off with me like literally begging in a, in a sense, reaching, outreaching to hundreds of different organizations and, and events outside of the open mic setting. I wanted to explore if I could take this, this gift outside of the open mic setting where I can actually monetize it. So it started off with me outreaching to hundreds of different events and organizations that were hosting events locally in San Diego. And I got a handful of responses and then like three booked uh, events that I was, I was, I could now perform at. And I was like, okay, this is great. This, this is like an opportunity for me to explore this space outside of the open mic setting and see if spoken word is something that will land and resonate with others who aren't just going to a cafe to listen to poetry, right? And so I found that it did land. It did resonate. So that was phase one, just kind of exploring and getting booked to speak and, and, it's, and for free. And then the next phase was actually getting booked for a small fee. So actually asking for compensation and then actually receiving that compensation. Stage two completed that phase. And then stage three was people actually coming to me and paying me for my services and so that's when I was like, okay, I can, there's something here. Like this is, I'm, I progressed through the stages. I'm actually able to monetize. This is no longer a hobby. It's something that I could actually do. And I still have my day job, of course. It was more of like a balance of like, of trying to fit it all in and making it happen on the weekends and things like that. And so uh, in full transparency, and a couple years ago, I was given the opportunity to to go all in in the form of a layoff that happened, a massive layoff that happened at the company that I was working at. And I took that opportunity and I said I could either go and find another full-time position 
where I am feeling this feeling of misalignment still, but I I know that it will provide a six-figure paycheck and stability. Or I can go this other route and use this time to build my own business. And I said, okay, well, I think the universe is telling me it's time to pivot. And that's when I started to build what's now Golden Meta. It's interesting you mentioned the layoff piece because that's the exact part that I just heard in the Burn the Boats book was like, when we get laid off, we have an opportunity to see the silver lining. Maybe in your case, it's a gold lining. Mm -hmm. But I love how you shared that it was in those three kind of stages because I think everybody does go through those similar stages if they are successful in that kind of vision they have. But you went pretty quickly on saying, and I was fitting in on the weekends and whatever else that I could and da, da, da. I feel like maybe it came natural to you or maybe because you got good at it, it's maybe harder to break down for people. But people who are like, wait, what are some tips or strategies or ideas that the side hustler needs? Or maybe you learned the hard way that could save them some time. Ooh, definitely learned a lot of things the hard way, for sure. One thing that comes to mind that would be very helpful is to spend time doing market research. This is so key because it really helps you understand your target audience. Many people don't realize that they can't speak one to everyone. They can. You have to dial in who it is you want to connect with, who it is you want to work with, who your product would be for, and then go towards that. Yes, other people might come your way because they're attracted to what you're offering, but you know who it is you're targeting. That way your messaging speaks to that particular individual. And then, so that's one thing, knowing your target audience. But then before you can even build that target audience, taking the time to see if what it is you are creating, the value of what you're creating actually is needed. And having discussions with people, giving surveys out. Like I am currently working on a program right now called Flow Gold. It's a program that will be designed to support our community with articulating their message and sharing their story on other people's platforms. And so I know that this is something that many people struggle with, the outreach to stageholders, getting booked to speak, dialing in their delivery and their messaging, and all the other things that go hand in hand with speaking, the electronic press kits, the bio, the headshots, all the things. And a lot of people don't really talk about that or know how to navigate that until they're in that position where now they're going to be featured on other people's platforms. And being featured on other people's platforms is key to growing your brand. Having your own platform is great, but when you get featured on other people's platforms, it, it blasts your brand even further. So as I'm working on building this program out, and this has been a program that's in the work, been in the works for years now. And I didn't realize how long this program has been in the works until I actually looked back at some of my notes from when I was like initially thinking of, of putting something like this together. And I've been doing market research for so long. And, and I'm not saying that it's important for you to do market research for years. What I'm telling you is that it's important to take time to actually have these conversations put out surveys, connect with people who you believe are your target audience or your target consumers or your target target community members and ask them what it is they want, What ask them what it is they need, ask them what it is they've been struggling with that hasn't yet been met, and then listen and see if the value that you're bringing can meet those needs. How can you modify your program, your, your product, so that you're actually giving something 
of, of value. I love that. I, I love personally thinking of it as the idea of like, will a plane fly is pretty important to figure out before you take off. But then from there, you can optimize it and you can make it faster and stronger and carry more people, etc. But figuring out if it will fly in the first place is definitely really valuable. And you shared another kind of sneaky tip too, when you mentioned that you created your own outreach to hundreds of companies, brands, and or people that could book you or uh, have you do work for them. And I feel like a lot of people are still waiting to be picked. So again, that's something that you definitely deserve a big pat on the back for. Yes, thank you so much for that acknowledgement and for bringing this conversation up, because this is something that like I've been practicing for a long time. And I don't know if it came from being like in the athletic space and knowing that you might not always get picked, you might have to make your own team, right? Yeah, that's interesting. And so I don't know, I I just thought of that right now. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, I've always believed that it's important for you to make those opportunities happen, rather than just waiting for an opportunity to come to you. And even back then, when I was first just starting as a spoken word artist, like that's what I was doing. I was outreaching to hundreds of hundreds of individuals. I, I found on Eventbrite, right? I knew, I found that they were holding these these events, and I just connected with the organizers, and I I did that research to find who I needed to connect with, and found their emails and made it happen. These were cold messages. Cold messages are probably the hardest thing to do because. Many people disregard cold messages. I once connected with an individual I had cold messaged or cold emailed two years ago, and then I found myself at an event performing on the same stage as them. And then they said, oh, I remember you sent me this cold email two years ago. So that's, it goes to say people read those messages. They might not always reply, but they, people read them. Um, But again, those are the hardest messages to send. Warm connects are always the easiest, but I sent hundreds of cold messages. But the point though is that I put myself out there back then and I still put myself out there now. So my first ever opportunity to speak at a Web3 event specifically was an opportunity that I actually made happen. I was traveling with my best friend, Lauren Turton. Many of you may know her. And we were in New York City at NFT NYC. 2021, I believe. Gary Vaynerchuk was holding this event and it was a satellite event uh, to launch the week. And we arrived early, we had our seats and we were there even before Gary V had arrived. My friend Lauren has a background in event management. So she looked around, she found the event, she found the event producer and we chatted with her and convinced her that I needed to close out that event with my spoken word poetry. I had just written a new flow called Freedom with NFTs based off Lauren's podcast, Freedom with NFTs, and we made it happen. And so it, it just goes to show that opportunities like don't always come to you, but you can make those opportunities happen. Within a minute, we had convinced this individual that and closing out Gary V's event, nonetheless, with spoken word was the best decision and needed to happen. The reason why I was able to be so confident in, in that discussion and actually show up in that way was because I wrote this flow two weeks prior, memorized the flow on the plane ride from California to New York. And I told myself that an opportunity would show up or an opportunity would would present itself, or I would create an opportunity (laughs) and I needed to be ready for it. 
And so that's exactly what happened. A day later, we created this opportunity and I closed out Gary's event with spoken word. We received a standing ovation and I got a big hug and a kiss on the cheek from Gary. He said some words of wisdom and light in my ear. I don't quite remember it because I was so... The energy was just flowing, and I, I know one day that it will come back to me. But in that moment, I realized that what I was, what I had to offer, was very much appreciated, and I knew that I was in the right space. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't make that opportunity happen. And I mean, so many connections were made from that one opportunity. Ja Rule was in the house. He came up to me and said how much he enjoyed my flow. I connected with a bunch of projects that I, I've, I've started discussions with and ended up collaborating with to create custom spoken word pieces that they now use to market their projects and build their community. And none of that would have happened if I didn't make that opportunity happen. So the key here, though, like as you were saying, is that Many of us are thinking, okay, um, maybe I'll get this knock on the door, or maybe someone will call me with this opportunity, or maybe someone will see my posts on socials, and maybe someone will give me that cash on my cash app and suddenly drop me $100,000. <laughs> like they're like sitting there waiting. But it's so very important to start taking aligned action to make those opportunities happen. You, you referenced Lauren. And so other themes that come up to me in terms of that is like teamwork, certainly networking, persuasion, and creating your own opportunities, which you summarized really well there. And another thought that I had as you were sharing that, though, was how do you feel about the idea of being starstruck? Because you named some, you know, star-studded cast there that was listening to your flow and also that you were able to connect with. And I'm sure there's been many other sort of celebrity people. You know, do you feel that you get starstruck? Some people hold back because they feel they're not a celebrity yet. So how do you feel about the idea of these people that get starstruck? There are so many, so many times I've I felt myself being starstruck and I had to snap, my, snap myself out of it. I was like, this person is an individual like you. They had a start probably similar to how you are now navigating and journeying. They understand like they're an individual like you. I think that that's something that really helps to ground me and understand like where we're coming from. And I remember there was one moment that I had, I, I had, I realized I was getting starstruck and I was like, okay, calm down. Like it's going to be okay. <laughs> and uh, this was actually, I had, I, I emceed NFT Seattle. That's this event that took place uh, towards the end of last year in uh, 2022. And the headliner was Tim uh, or Tom Bilyeu. And I mean, for those of you who don't know, he's he's massive. He built yeah. um, this billion, multi-billion dollar company and then sold it. And he he's such an amazing speaker. And we had just heard him speak. It was one of the best speeches I've ever heard deliver this keynote so gracefully delivered. And, and I was just kind of more so as starstruck as to like how he was so able, like able to articulate that message so clearly and more so than his background. That's, that's what really kind of like stuck, stuck with me. Like, wow, this individual is just so amazing. And I've seen him before speak at VCon, 
right? We've seen him before at VCon. And I don't know if you noticed, but he spent hours upon hours chatting with every single person that had surrounded him to connect with him that day. I remember looking back and he was still on that side of the stage, talking it up and making sure that every single person had their questions answered, that had their pictures taken with him if they wanted, and he did not leave until that was done. And so like knowing that about him, I think that's what really kind of made me be like, okay, this person is, is gold. And for those of you who are listening who are in my community, you know what gold means. And now everyone now he, he will know. It's, it stands for genuine, original, loving dreamer. And I believe like attracts like. Gold attracts gold. So when I, when I had this opportunity to connect with him, I didn't get a chance to do it at VCon. I was, I was working the event in terms of um, as, a, as a media partner and um, getting a lot of um, footage and interviews with, with, in, with different people. But this was my opportunity to connect with him at NFT Seattle. That's when that starstruck nest kind of came through. But again, it wasn't because of the background, like what, what I read on paper really about his, his achievements. It was more about like just knowing that this person was gold. Like, and it's, it's just, it's such, it's amazing to connect with like golden individuals. Like, I don't know, it shouldn't make you nervous, but for some reason it, like, I just had to ground myself and remind myself that, you know, he's gold and so are you. So like attracts like. It reminds me of the movie Inside Out a little bit, the cartoon, because like really part of that movie that takes place in the kid's brain is the idea of showing that all of our emotions are equally valuable, you know, anger, sadness, yes, and joy equally. And we need to appreciate them for what they are, which is also very much connected to the poetry. But the reason I say that is that when someone like that, I'm trying to think of how to explain it, but it really just shows that beyond the surface of who we are, we can have so much similarities as well, you know, no, no matter how different we are. And I did notice Tom Bilia specifically at the side stage there. And the reason why that was so important for me was because I always, uh, I'm, I'm always a fan of people. I believe like Sister Helen Prejean said when she was on this show that we're like 96% great character. And then our 4% of us or the small percentage of us do evil things or can, you know, and she works with people on death row. So with respect to him, I always appreciated what he did. But I'll be honest, I did see Tom Bilia as someone who built a business, sold it, was well off and wealthy. And when I was first getting into the content creator space was a bit jealous of like, I can't have the stage that he has, you know, I can't create the space to make introductions like he does and have the guests on that he has, right. And so at VCon, I noticed him having nothing but time for people, which there's no need to in terms of his bottom line. If anything, it would take away from his success as a business creator because he's basically being somewhat philanthropic and generous in that moment. And so it really stuck with me. And for me, similar to what you were saying about we're all people, but I don't have the gold piece to add, but for me, we're all people. And so I met Mark Manson that week, um, Chuck Liddell. And these people that really, I think in years previous, would have made me more intimidated or nervous. But from entering this space as a creator and collaborating so much, I realized more and more and more that we're just kind of normal people, you know? 
Yes, most definitely. And it's not in an egotistical way when you can identify what it is that makes you gold, like your your gifts, skill sets, and talents, and knowing that no one in the world has that exact same set of gifts, skill sets, and talents, so you have so much to offer. And then when you realize that that's what makes you gold, it, it really then allows you to, it gives you that confidence, that boost of confidence that you need to, to then connect. Like you're no longer doubting yourself and thinking, who am I, right? That who am I mentality just is just so... <sighs> It, it just doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve any of us. And so once you can really own who you are and what you have to offer, then it allows you to then connect with others and put yourself in positions and opportunities that then allow you to really advance. But without having that, that, that self-confidence, it, it's, it's difficult to, to move forward. And I think one thing that I've learned, uh, actually the very first summit. It was an impact speaker summit I put on when I first started. I was very ambitious and I put on this 30-day summit where I interviewed 30 individuals and put on and released it each day. And I remember there's the one individual that I had connected with on, on in, in the summit and he says something that has really stuck with me over the past like five years. And it was confidence comes through successful attempts. True confidence comes through successful attempts. And it's so very true. Like you can see someone else doing it. You can see someone else launching their own podcast. You can see someone else speaking on stage. You can see someone else doing the thing, putting that content out. But if you, if you don't do it yourself, then it's, it's difficult for you to build that confidence in knowing that you can. Yeah. That's why I made my handle just tries. <gasps> Uh, amongst other reasons, like I've, I have like a Google Doc where I put notes every time it comes to me. Another reason why I like and why I created that handle, because one of the reasons was similar to like Eminem with Slim Shady and having uh, like a, a digital guys to hide behind. Like that's, if I'm being honest, part of the reason that's shifting, you know, because now I use my personal name, but the handle can still be that, which is kind of interesting too. But the the main reason was essentially that, right? Like we don't know if we will succeed or not. We don't know if we're going to be able to live through this week or not, but we can try in the meantime. Try. And I often draw, if I'm working with youth or anyone really, but I'll draw like a, a circle, but it's really just a cycle of confidence and trying being in the heart of it and then competence at the top. And so competence and confidence kind of cycle. And at the heart of it all is just continuing to try, you know, the whole how many times can you get up on the horse and all that. You know, before we run out of time, these episodes are always so good that it's like we could make them for six hours or build out a whole show together. So I'm always aware that eventually we'll have to to wrap. And so I do want to ask about the idea of gold. I think if we used AI to search it in this episode right now, maybe we would have heard the word six times or something like that. You did mention the acronym already, which I was going to ask you to elaborate on. Uh, one quick story first, though, is when I walked around VCon, I had a shirt for everyone to sign that filled, filled up over the three days. And when you signed it, you were the only person to A, have their own marker, and B, of course, the marker was gold. So that was really special in terms of a lesson for me around maybe brands the right word, but like telling a story and perhaps being true to your values. So when it comes to brand building, being gold and what you stand for, what does gold mean if you elaborate a little more? Yeah, so gold, again, stands for genuine, original, loving dreamer. 
So it's this, this sense of understanding what it is about yourself that makes you an authentic being and being genuine and true to yourself. So that's the genuine and original piece. Then the loving piece is really about following your heart, doing what really lights you up, doing what you love, immersing yourself in that. And then loving others, showing that love to others and and acknowledging the gold within others is very important as well. Because again, when you have that confidence in yourself, you're no longer looking to pull others down. You're actually looking to bring others up. And then that dreamer aspect is more along the lines of following your dreams. I mean, we have this life that we've been given and we have the opportunity to do what we wish with the time that we have. And I know many of us have struggles with wherever we are at in life. And I I don't want to dismiss that. But when you have an opportunity to follow your dreams and make that dream a reality, my point, though, is to, to really go in that direction, go in that direction that lights you up. And that's all part of being gold a genuine, original, loving dreamer. And one thing I also wanted to add was when you were sharing about how you created this this persona, Just Tries, that really resonates with me, by the way, and and the, the Venn diagram that you described. When many of us who have who have feelings of like inadequacy or uh, shyness, I used to be a really shy girl, believe it or not, my favorite place in the world was underneath the bed. So it took a while for me to get to where I am now, where I'm speaking on stage. And I know the struggle is real when it comes to taking that first step. And so one thing that could be very helpful in that journey is by taking on an alter ego. And so just try sounds like it was your alter ego. Doc Peace, even though that's my given name, was actually my alter ego. And so when I step into this alter ego of Doc Peace, when I show up on stage, I feel this power, this this confidence flow through me. And I let that golden energy flow. And it almost feels as if I become the best version of myself. And many people who have seen me perform, they can feel that energy. And I, I can feel that energy pulsing through. And so there's so much power in identifying your alter ego, that higher version of yourself essentially is your alter ego. And then giving yourself permission to step into that. And then when you do that enough, it actually becomes easier to, to go through life as your alter ego which again is the higher version of yourself. So imagine yourself walking through life as the higher version of you. Imagine how much more you would do, how much many more people you connect with, how many more opportunities you make happen. And so that's what happens. Like you just said, you were going through just, you were going by just tries and now you've embodied and you've become more confident and the connections you're making and who you featured on your podcast. And it then allowed you to show up even more. And so this method truly does work. And so if anyone's out there and they have this idea or this vision of what they could do, what's that, what does that higher version of you look like? Like, what does, what do you embody? What, what are some characteristics of that higher version of you? Like write them down and then put a name to that and then show up on that on socials. Show, start, just, just show up and and start embodying that higher version of you when an opportunity comes up. Okay, step into that higher version. Yeah, pretending you're some 
one else, the higher person, the alter ego, like you said, and or the other piece that I find really helpful. If with along with that, you can also do this or separate too, if you don't want to do the alter ego thing is having not just a target audience, but one specific person you're talking to that really helped me early on in my creator journey, whether it was audio or video, but speaking literally to the camera as if that camera was one specific person who could change or it could be the same person every time doesn't really matter. You know, a crazy thought that I've never really thought of until we just had this conversation, though, I've thought about alter egos a lot. I never really thought about the fact that it does exist in a negative way, too. And a lot of the youth I've worked with who use like gang tags, for example, who are shooters and who are involved in gun violence, a lot of times they'll just call each other by nicknames and they create a nickname and a persona around that. And I wonder if that's equally an ability to disassociate and oh. let's say maybe be the lower version of themselves, you know? I never really thought about that until now, but either way, and like the, like the Joker, right? Like maybe like that kind of stuff, yes. um, which is more on the negative side, but I appreciate the higher power version and either way it works. Obviously in hip hop is probably the most popular space. You see it. A lot of people never even know people's real names throughout an entire career, uh, no matter how popular they get. So that can be kind of definitely a very big, valuable thing for people to learn. And speaking of learning and going back to like we said at the top about teaching, I love just kind of asking people if they were to create a master class or two, like if you created curriculum for any master class that you could teach to let's say like college age youth, what would a class be that you would teach? Ooh, I've had this opportunity actually quite a bit to create something along these lines. I've been invited to speak at um, the University of California, San Diego, the School of Pharmacy to first year pharmacy school students, sharing what I'm doing now with my business and how I'm leveraging all the tools, the skill sets I learned in pharmacy school and working as a pharmacist to do what I do now. So there is an idea there on transferable skill sets and how they can really play a role into building that ideal life, that ideal business for yourself, how you can transfer your skill sets from one thing to another. And I think that that would be a very, very valuable, valuable um, workshop. And then another thing that comes to mind, of course, is spoken word poetry and how you can craft a powerful piece that embodies your story and delivers a message. And it's it's definitely something that I find is the most freeing type of poetry because there's no like rhetoric to it in, in a way. There's it's a it's a flow. And of course there's certain aspects of spoken word poetry that many people are aware of, the the parallel rhymes, the the cadence, the the rhythm, but in, in, in essence, it's very free-flowing because, again, there's no defined rhetoric. And so I would love to teach a course on how to create spoken word poetry that flows. Many of what I, much of what I do is, is many people have heard me perform spoken word poetry, and oftentimes I'll share my own story. But I also work with brands, projects, and events, and companies to create custom spoken word pieces that embodies their vision, their mission statement, their the ethos of their company to create a, a powerful marketing asset that they could use to build community and increase profits. So there's there's a method to how I pull information together 
to create this powerful marketing tool. And so that's something I would, I would be open to, to sharing that method more so with the stories, like your, how to take your personal story and, and pull out the different components of it so that it flows and it leaves the listener not only not really wanting more, yes, that's great, but more so connected with you. They can resonate with that story. And when you share stories like that, stories from your life, your life road, as I like to call it, it it puts people, you and the listener, in this vulnerable space. And I believe in that vulnerable, vulnerable space, that's where true connections are made. And so that's, there's so much power in spoken word because it, it bypasses the mind that's constantly judging and constantly negating and debating, and it speaks directly to the soul. So when you can structure your story in this way, it, it really is, is a powerful way to connect. I'm sure both of those would be extremely incredible classes for people to take. And this last one that you mentioned, I smiled because you were smiling so much when you brought up the, the spoken word piece. And that just made me happy. But it also comes pretty full circle for me because I just recently was sitting down with a student sharing this podcast with them and they had spent time in prison from the time they were 15 and now they're 22 and they just got out this past that New Year's Day. So I don't know that they'd be listening, <laughs> but one of the things that they really fell in love with because of a guest speaker who came and did some spoken word poetry about five years ago with him was writing in his room and then memorizing them and reciting them. And I think he went into construction, but I do know that he always wanted to continue to pursue that idea of spoken word. And it's a common thing that I come across often. If we did let's say, write an ebook on like, as best as we can, how to advise someone to go into that world, what would be the topics or chapters or what would be the curriculum kind of boxes for that master class? And maybe if you could just give a quick point on each, I know, again, this could be hours long, but if, you know, bullet point, whether it's four main things or, or 10 things come to mind, what are some things that are helpful to enter that world? Yes. Firstly, I want to say that that's amazing that this individual that you're connected with got inspired from hearing someone speak about the power of spoken word. I'm actually in talks with a, a prison facility here in San Diego about possibly coming in and sharing this, uh, this, this workshop that we just talked about now with the inmates. So this is definitely some inspiration for me to, to continue moving in that direction. In regards to like the curriculum that someone would go through in order to become a professional spoken word artist, I would definitely start with the, the outreach. Um, actually, before you go to the outreach, I would definitely, I would actually uh, work on, work on the craft and dial in that craft of sharing that story, of building that confidence and, and being able to articulate your message. And once you have that craft down, I mean, I spent a whole entire year of writing and performing poetry and making sure that I, I understood and I knew that this was the direction I wanted to go in, that I still felt called to, to go into this, to, to move forward in this direction. And then once you, once you feel that you are, you're ready to take it to the next level, then start doing that outreach, outreach to organizations, events, uh, opportunities that are happening in your in your area locally and ask if that is something that they would be welcomed to to receive your your spoken word poetry performances 
And then from there, take it to that next stage of, okay, now that you've had, you've built your, your, what is it? What's the word I'm talking about? Now that you've built your, not your resume, but your, I call it a flow gallery. That's what I have on my website. Once you've built this like flow gallery of performances, recorded performances, you always want to make sure you're recording that content so you can build that flow gallery. Then you can start to outreach and connect with people who now can pay you for your performances. And so then that allows you to to, to have this uh, this additional revenue stream. And when you're getting that compensation coming through, it definitely is, is it, you feel valued. You feel like you, what you're sharing is, 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 is even, is super value packed because it is. And then if you like to start working with brands and projects to create custom spoken word poetry, I've never encountered anyone else doing what I'm doing, uh, but I'm, it, it's definitely possible. And the way that I'm navigating that right now is by adding value and showing up consistently at events and performing these custom created content pieces that I've created, sharing on my media platforms that I'm creating these custom pieces, creating an offer for these custom crafted pieces, what I call custom marketing assets. And one thing I definitely want to uh, encourage you to work on is the wording. That's something I put a lot of energy into creating, crafting the wording of how I create that offer. Uh, that's definitely something that you will see how it resonates um, with your target audience. You want to make sure that it lands, that you're not using cryptic terms. I remember when I first created this offer, I was using very cryptic terminology. No one really understood what I was talking about. So I had to play around with the wording, call them uh, custom voiceovers to help elevate. I, I, even the word elevate your brand was like, okay, what, what do you mean by elevate my your brand? So like, it's very important that when you create that that offer, whether it's a performance offer, whether it's a custom crafting uh, poetry offer, that you're very like crystal clear on on what that offer entails. And so that's the journey I would definitely, uh, uh, I would encourage you to go on from just dialing in your craft to then making that outreach, getting getting some experience with that, with that performing ability, building up your flow gallery, and then taking it to the compensation space where you're now you're now having that additional revenue stream from that talent and expertise. And then if you'd like to take it a step further, getting um, or partnering with with companies to, to help them with their, their marketing initiatives. That's super helpful. I'm sure it'll have a huge impact. Just quickly on the idea of the creative uh, cryptic wording. It's uh, so funny. I had Alex Fasulo on an episode. She's known in terms of her brand as the freelance fairy. And she worked with a publisher for her first major book that she wrote. And she said she had like nine titles that they were like, nope, nope, nope. And it's interesting as pure creatives going into business, trying to tone that down because of a need for clarity. And I think that's something that certainly I've had to learn over the years. So if nothing else, I'm sure that'll be extremely helpful to people who don't want to just have them be like the, the greatest kept secret on the internet, so to speak. I, I feel like that was so well-rounded that it'll create a really nice post that I can share with people about going into spoken word poetry. Uh, if I were to ask one more follow-up, I think it would be something like, what do you feel is the biggest thing that does hold people back who start to make that journey? And or what was something that held you back? Although I feel like maybe you kind of took off pretty quickly. 
Ooh. Something that probably held me back the most, what's coming to mind is the belief in myself. Um, there was so much like doubts and like, woe is me. Like, who am I to, to do this? Who am I? What if they don't like me type of like thoughts floating through my mind? But I, I know how to negate them. Uh, I know the mindset tricks, the mindset tips. In fact, I was re- I was published in an article in Forbes. Uh, I don't know if you're if you've read the article. Uh, it was a full featured uh, pay uh, article on how to transform your mindset from powerless to powerful, even when it feels impossible. So it goes through four prescriptions on how to do so. So I know that the strategies, but sometimes in the moment you kind of have to snap yourself out of it by finding that better thought. And that's exactly what I what I did, especially when I would I had that opportunity uh, to, to close out Gary's event. When I got the yes, I remember sitting in that audience and I, as the time was getting closer to when I knew I'd be handed the mic, handing, when I knew I would be handed the mic, those thoughts started flooding through me. Like, am I ready for this? What if they don't? And then I had to just shut it down and say, no, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's flow gold. And that's exactly what I did. And I, I do want to share one last thing on the reason why I show up wearing gold. Of course, it's part of your branding. You always want to be show up in your branding. That way people can easily recognize you and you can build your, your, your brand uh, presence. It's great exposure for, for your brand. But the reason why I share up, show up in gold is because I believe it's an embodiment of who we all are. And it just reminds me and everyone else who sees me what it truly means to be gold, especially when they're, they're aware of that, of that powerful acronym, genuine, original, loving dreamer. And so that's why I show up in the way that I do. I love it. The article, I think, is tremendous. I find a lot of people don't click through from podcast to show notes and then go follow articles, though. So if we did like the very quick version of some prescriptions, because I do feel like that is what holds probably a lot of people back as well as the mindset piece. So what would some of those prescriptions be? Yeah, so there's there's four specific prescriptions. I can pull it up here. Uh, the first, probably the most powerful one, I'm going to actually just share one. There's like, making a gratitude list. There's not sharing um, or not stating generic affirmations, basically taking the time to craft custom uh, affirmations that resonate with where you're currently at and where you want to go. And this is actually one of the reasons why I created a tool called Personal Affirmation Creation Tool to support you in crafting customized affirmations. But the most, my most, like my favorite uh, prescription of all these four is to create a piggy bank of self-trust where each and every time you show up or you do something that you're proud of. And it could be something that someone appreciates and acknowledges, or it could be something that you're just acknowledging and appreciating yourself. Like you essentially add this like jelly bean or this pebble to this piggy bank. And you can see that confidence grow as the the amount in that piggy bank or that jar grows. So it's building this 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 confidence by seeing that you're showing up, you're doing the thing, and you can actually see like your confidence building, not just in yourself, but in like physically. That's beautiful. 
I, and I think it's great because it's unique as well. I've heard a lot of positive affirmation things, but described in that way, I don't think I've heard it. So that's really special. I know very shortly, we're going to move on to some rapid fire themed questions. But before we do, I just want to ask when it comes to business or poetry or really anything, are there certain people whether it's other personal brands, mentors, uh, celebrity heroes, but people that you look up to that give you energy in your journey? Oh, most definitely. I would definitely want to bring up my good friend, Lauren Turton. She's actually one of my, we're, we're business besties and, and really close friends. And I've learned so much from her. In fact, she was the one who asked me, do you trust me? And then that one single question led me to, to, follow her into the web three space and journey journey with her in this in this uh new iteration of technology <laughs> that we're in now so very grateful for lauren turton i highly recommend that anyone who's listening to, to give her a follow and connect with her on socials for sure I, I just love giving people their flowers because i just think it's so important and something that i feel like a lot of times after an episode i'm like damn i forgot to ask that because i feel like it's something that i would like to have in every episode you know maybe it's a theme question as well at this point point. and then finally you mentioned that there's three acts that you went through already in your journey to success and kind of pivoting if you will to where you are now but if we were to add a fourth where are you headed from here as far as you can tell so one thing that i'm feeling is this like breakthrough i feel that there's this momentum shifting and so after you've made it through those first steps, I feel the next step is gaining momentum. You're already going in, in, the, in that forward direction. And the next, the next thing is to, to accelerate. And that's what I feel happening right now. The more I work with product projects, the more I work with brands, the more content I put out, the more I show up, the more I perform. It just, it's starting to, to accelerate. The wheels are turning. The energy is flowing. And so that's the next step I'm heading in now. And I, I, I'm so excited to journey with my community and share that journey with them and support them on their journey because I feel like we're all in this together. And, and this might sound corny, but I, I honestly do believe that together we thrive. So I recently put out an, a, a Substack newsletter where every week I share tips and tricks on how to share your story, articulate your message and get booked to speak on other people's platforms. And when we were talking about the, the cryptic messaging, we recently kind of reworded the name of the, the Substack newsletter. So it wasn't so cryptic. I believe it was originally called something like Flow Gold, Pep Talks to Pep Talks to Flow Gold or something like that. It's like, what, what does that even mean? So I think we, uh, we recently reworded it to Pep Talks to Share Your Story and flow gold with doc piece so those those are some things i i, I want to just make it clear how you know we can make forward steps together but when we when we work when we, we can make forward steps alone but when we work together we can we can truly get it going I feel like I'm so excited to see everything you do continue to build and all the people that you continue to help and certainly collaborate in the future would be a lot of fun. Again, it's just been really fun doing this episode with you. And one thing that if I'm putting you on the spot, just you can say no, but I'm putting myself on the spot and asking because I hadn't thought of this until right this very second. But do you have any quick flows that you know off heart? Do you ever freestyle? Is there any poetry that you would feel comfortable sharing? Yes, most definitely. I did my very first free, free flow this past weekend when I was hanging out with my with my fiance's niece and nephew. And it, it, she was the only one who heard it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that 10-year-old uh, uh, niece is the only one who heard it, but I, we were both very impressed <laughs> by it. So no, to answer your question, I, I'm, I'm a newbie at free-flowing. However, I do have a library of spoken word in my, in my mind, and I, I would love to, to, to close this out with one. Sure. I'll ask you the theme questions. We could rapid fire them and then we can close out with that. And that'd be a great way to wrap this episode, I think. And so the, the first one is if you were to leave one piece of advice for the next generation, what would that one piece of advice be? This above all else, believe in yourself. Beautiful. And if you are learning something right now, which I know you are because we all are, what is one thing that you're learning could be completely off brand. It doesn't need to be gold, but it could be as well. Just something that you yourself are learning right now. How to leverage artificial intelligence. Yeah, aren't we all? That's a good one. And it's good. There's our next episode in a year from now. <laughs> uh, and then the third is if you were to ask me a question that you felt my answering might help my audience or just something that you're curious about, given all that we've talked about, what would be a question for me? I'm always curious to learn the journey. And I love how we started our message or our podcast today with dialing in the journey. So my question to you would be, how did you begin your journey? And how far along the journey am I is something that I'm a little bit interested in these days too, kind of philosophically, you know, because it could be halfway done. It could be close to the end, like I, mm. at least chronologically, and it could be very early as Gary Vee likes to profess that it's so early, you know? So in terms of, I guess one thing that I'll share very similar to what you said at the top of the episode was that there's a common theme of being a teacher. And when I was in like the sixth grade, I would volunteer with kindergartners. And then when I was in the 12th grade, I was coaching seventh grade sports in university, volunteering in schools and became a formal teacher, very similar to how you became a conventional doctor and always loved the journey of teaching. But I really struggled with the conventional wisdom that existed in the profession and still struggle with it today that it very much doesn't help people who are trying to pursue creative dreams and i fell in love with seth godden's work around the idea of stop selling dream uh, stop stealing dreams his ebook that's been downloaded probably millions of times is free he never once monetized it he just put it on the url stopstealingdreams.com and it's his blog posts for like a full year on education and learning and I just became more aligned with what I wanted to do, which was go out and learn YouTube, learn podcasting, learn blogging, learn spoken word poetry or anything that my students and youth that I'm supporting and mentoring are wanting to go into those worlds on wow. and then be able to actually help them pursue them instead of trying to steer them in a direction that you know, similar to you and I were steered in when we were younger, helping them figure it out a little earlier on. And so that's how my, <laughs> the podcasting part of my journey anyways, came to be. Gold, gold. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for asking. It means a lot. So I know you're going to close out with a beautiful piece of poetry for us and we'll leave it at that afterwards. But before we do, I think this is going to be an inspiring episode that a lot will connect with. So thank you. And I'm excited to hear some poetry. Yes, you're so very welcome. Thank you again for having me. I'd now like to invite everyone to take a collective breath together. In. And out. I have nothing to offer. I said first in my mind, then again out loud. My safe space was the space between the baseboards and the mattress. Underneath the bed was where I felt safest. Safe from expectations, safe from limitations, safe from... 
distractions, and most of all, safe from my reflection, who was the only one who'd shake me to the core each time she said, you can do more. I was nine, 14, 22, and 34 when my reflection's voice rocked me the loudest. See, sometimes you may need to remind your mind what it's capable of. Jog yourself from doubt to a confident state. It's an uphill climb, but you can set your own pace. The signs all around read, stay on the trail. I laugh out loud (laughs) because at that time in my life, I wouldn't have known how to blaze my own. And even now, with each GM I announce, there's a deep sense of knowing that I've yet reached my peak. We say this phrase time and time again, we're still early. The Web3 mantra, undeniably true, yes, we've only just begun. The you you are today is better in some ways than the you of yesterday. We are still so very early on this journey, you see. We wake up a different person every morning since our body produces over 300 billion cells each and every day we are different. Neuroplasticity is this ability to form new brain connections. I spent about seven years believing that I would never know the meaning of fun again. But you also need to want to change. Desire a better reality for yourself. So when your future self looks back at your present, your future self will say with all its new neurons in place. Goodness, darling, look at you now. You changed. So I stare back into the eyes of my child reflection with all my decades more of knowledge, wisdom beyond my former years, and I roar from the core. Let's flow gold. LFG. That's beautiful. I mean, mostly I just want to make sure that we end on that, but I do want to say thank you one more time. You're so very welcome. Thank you again for having me. Continue to shine your light. I see you. I appreciate you. Let's flow gold. Right back at you until we create again. (laughs) Yes. Bye for now. JKL listeners, thank you so much for being here. I believe greatly in having the courage to speak our own goals out into the universe. And one of my challenging goals is to help millions of people achieve their own dreams with this show. So please do continue to pass it along. It means the world when you share it with someone that you think might benefit. And speaking of goals, if you have any of your own, be sure to reach out on socials at Just Keep Learning. I want to see what you're up to, what you're working on, and if there's any way that we can help at all. Thank you to our guest, Doc Peace. If you want to know anything about how to build a brand the right way, then just check out her work. It's so, so inspiring to me, whether it's her poetry or her ability to build brand around her business. It really is special. And like I said at the top of the episode, she stays being a great person along the journey. It really is inspiring. Finally, as always, we love getting your DMs or comments about the show. It helps a ton to get feedback or ideas, input on guests, 
topics, so please don't be shy, just let us know. Until the next episode, all the best, and remember, just keep learning. You're one step closer to making your big dreams come true, but there's plenty more where that came from. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, and if you know anyone who might love the show, send them a link. We'll see you next time on Just Keep Learning with Justin at Just Tries.